So this week, we have a guest star. It's Casey. And this week, we're going to be talking all about imposter syndrome. Casey, what do you think imposter syndrome is? I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So what would you think it is? Just take a guess. What do you think imposter syndrome is? A sickness. Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inner Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Clegg, and I'm excited today. We're going to be exploring all about the imposter syndrome, something that so many of us can really relate to. I think everybody has a touch of it. And today we had a special guest star because I wanted to point out that kids don't know what imposter syndrome is. You guys, this is learned behavior, and that means it can be unlearned. And that's the healing power of exploring it and learning more about it. And our guest today is an expert in all things imposter syndrome. I'm excited to be talking today with Barbara Churchill. Barb is the confidence expert and leadership coach for high-achieving professional women. Knowing the challenges and real costs imposter syndrome causes, she's dedicated to helping leaders and entrepreneurs break through their blocks and own their authentic power so that they can create the career and the life that they crave. Barb has been mentoring career professionals for over 25 years. Her clients include Microsoft, General Mills, and the Minnesota Vikings. She's a certified leadership coach, yoga instructor, and certified facilitator excuse me, facilitator of everything DISC, five behaviors of a cohesive team and appreciation work. Barb has been doing this work forever. We are so excited to have her with us today. We are so glad to have you on the show today. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Becca. Good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, no, I'm. it's my honor. I love this conversation about imposter syndrome because I really think it affects everybody or most everybody. Um, It's just something that I just see, I have seen universally since the beginning of doing what I do. So how do you define imposter syndrome? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, for me, I mean, when you said it affects everybody, there are studies out there that says it affects about 70% of the world population. So we're close to everybody, right? Wow. But I define it as this compilation of beliefs and messaging in our head that result in keeping you stuck and playing small. And there's, you know, it's, people call it this syndrome. And actually the, the scientists that discovered it, it wasn't, they didn't call it a syndrome, but it has morphed into this. And, and, um, cause that, that kind of little word there can be a little bit confusing because it's really not a clinical diagnosis. You know, people are like, I have a syndrome. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> ah, Very good point. Very you know, good it's, point. It's, yeah. really, it's not, it's, um, it is, uh, you know, for me, I like to look at it as, you know, this umbrella, a- imposter syndrome is the umbrella and it's more of like an affliction. It's more of like a mindset that we have, we have been feeding on for quite a long time and we just buy into and we don't realize that, you know, we have another option. 
I, you know, first of all, thank you for going back and addressing syndrome. It is, some of our language is so pathologizing and I'm used to it because I live in that clinical world when I do therapy, but you're right. It's not a syndrome. It's, it's, it's just a, a mindset really, right? Well, how do you see this affecting the people you work with? I will tell you, I mean, this, and it, here's what's so great about it. It's like, you know, we were talking about, it's not a diagnosis, but you can kind of, you can kind of self-diagnose yourself. So uh-huh. if you are a perfectionist, if you're a people pleaser, if you're overworking yourself to death, if you have a crap ton of self-doubt, if you are comparing yourself to other people, you do that on a regular basis, and if you are used to diminishing yourself, your talents, your accomplishments, then my friend, imposter syndrome is somebody that's something that's been hanging with you for a while. Okay, well, that's just- <laughs> Okay, so that describes so many people I know, including <laughs> myself. Also, I, know, I want right? to point out that crapton is a very measurable term that it I is. like to use a lot in sessions. It is. Because I, I can relate to that. I have a crapton of that stuff <laughs> and have my entire life. Yes. I know, right? I mean, Becca, you are more clinical. I am like, that is my medical term. Crap ton. That no, I, I laugh because that is <laughs> that is how I talk. And the thing about it is, you know, there are some real ramifications of this stuff. I mean, you mentioned the term playing small, um, but it really has a massive effect on kind of people not living the lives they want to live or the lives they could be living. I mean, what do you think happens when people don't? deal with imposter syndrome? How oh, do you see well, it limiting people? You know, it's so fascinating because, you know, in, in, in the coaching world, you know, and when you follow coaches, you know, it's all these broad strokes, live the life of your dreams, you know, have the career you love and you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But there are real world uh, applications to this and real world consequences mm-hmm. to this. I mean, if you are a leader or you are a professional mm-hmm. woman and it will affect how you make decisions, it affects mm-hmm. how you look at yourself, what your self-concept is. It affects how you lead your team. It affects how much money you make, the uh, career advancement that you're looking for. It bleeds into your uh, social life. It bleeds into your family life. Um, you know, mm. it is an all-encompassing thing because you are operating, your operating system, so to speak, right? Your brain has been programmed in a particular operating system called imposter syndrome. And that's how you're operating and you approach everything. That's the lens through which you see the world. So when I work with my clients, we get in there and we reprogram and set up, you know, new perspectives and how can they vision themselves in a different way? What is, what is a new self-concept that we can have? Well, you know, and that is so like unprogramming or reprogramming, it speaks to how, so many people don't even recognize this um, as being something that they're necessarily acting from because it's below our conscious awareness, you know? Um, And that's why I just love that you talk so openly about this idea. What made you interested in working with imposter syndrome and and what brought you to doing this work? Well, (laughs) I had a crap ton of my own. (laughs) Yeah. Well, isn't that the truth for most of us, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's so, it's, it's such a cliche, but we often teach what we need to learn, you know, ourselves. So, um, 
I have, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic family. You know, we looked like the perfect family on the outside, big house, affluent neighborhood, you know, mom and dad, three kids, all the things. But when you open the front door, it was another story. And um, my parents are divorced. And so in that dysfunction, you aren't learning all about how you're a worthy human being and to love yourself and, you know, how to make decisions from integrity and all that. You know, you're not learning that, right? And quite frankly, um, throughout my life, I have found that society isn't teaching those concepts, right? So they're Mm. super... um, you know, they're just missing in, in the everyday. We're being taught right. how to strive and drive. So this is kind of run, you know, written uh, shotgun with me for my whole life. And mm. I got so tired of having the same repetitive thoughts over and over again and the same self-doubt over and over again, didn't matter what situation I was in. And I thought, you know, I've got to dive more into this. I want to fix this for myself. I want to discover this, you know, figure it out. How do I manage this? And then I want to help other people do it. And, um, so that just paved the way for, um, the work that I do now. And I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, so many of us, it's our journey that takes us to where we end up having our, our sort of place of passion, right? You know, it's like yeah. the, the wound informs the gift, so to speak. And, you know, I also think that gives you such a unique position to look at it from because you have your own experience with it. And you referenced, you know, we're taught to strive and drive, you know, and I, I, I think we are in our culture. How do you see the culture itself, um, as influencing imposter syndrome or what do you see in terms of the links and that sort of thing? Oh man, I'll tell you, it is all about the strive and drive. If you think about it, we are taught from day one, not Mm -hmm. to fail right? Failing is not an option. Nope. You know, grades are super important. You have to be the best. You have to strive. I mean, you know, in our culture, there there are stories coming up where, you know, celebrities are cheating to get their kids into the right schools and it's Um, all about image. And, you know, I mean, my gosh, it's success at all costs. And if you think about it, this isn't how we came into the world. Okay. Toddlers... When they, babies, I should say, when they start to learn to walk, mm-hmm. you know, they'll pull themselves up, they'll kind of creep around, they kind of feel their way, and then, oh, you know, now I'm balancing and I'll take a couple steps and then I'll sit down. Uh-huh. They don't just stop and go, oh my God, I'm never going to walk. I'm going to be a crawler the rest of my life. You know, they don't, yes. they aren't smeared in this. They get up and they try it again till they get it right. So, Our society says, oh, no, 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 you can't fail. No, 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 you have to be perfect right out of the chute. Oh, my gosh. Mm. So now we pile that on at a very young age. And then there's a ton of uh, masculine energy tied to success. And women particularly are not taught to use their feminine energy. And I'm not talking about wearing pink or, you know, that kind right. of stuff. I'm talking about the feminine energy that comes with communication, with empathy, mm-hmm. with uh, building trust right away, making a connection, those kinds of things. We're not taught to use those as mm-hmm. a tool to be successful. We're taught if you want to be a success, you got to lead like a man. Yeah. What? <laughs> Actually... You know, I don't even think it, I think it goes one step further. It's not so much that we're not taught to use it in many ways. 
we're taught to hide it or perhaps see it as being a deficit or a weakness. You know, that's the language. And really, when you think about the relational nature of everything, it's not, of course, it's not a weakness. In fact, it's a superpower, you know? Um, It's so, it reminds me of how when I was kind of leaving school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I spent some time in, in corporate and I always struggled so much with the term, you know, it's not personal, it's just business. And I, I would never always think, I don't know that I'm cut out for this environment because <laughs> I can't seem to like separate the two. Yeah. But, you know, I've come to understand that that's because, you know, you, you really can't. I mean, that's not to say you can't make hard decisions and you can't, you know, do, do hard things, but yeah. um, that there's always a human being having an experience at the same time. Um, and so, you know, I just think that our culture, and I love what you said about babies not being born to always strive. It's like the striving is there. It's good, but you have to combine it with the relaxing and the releasing and the falling down and all of its, you know, it's opposite to have that full experience. And I just, I really, I fear for, you know, as, as we go forward, if we don't start to embrace that more. Yeah. I mean, it's just what is missing in the messaging is that it's the journey. It's the failure and the learning comes from the failure, right? I mean, if you were a scientist, you're going to be doing a lot of experiments, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to figure out what's going to work, right? What didn't work and then what are we going to do differently? The evaluation is where the learning and the growth is. If you were to do everything perfectly right out of the chute, what fun is that? There's no challenge. There's no, okay, I know how to do that. Okay, I can do that. I mean, ugh. You know, we, it's the learning and the process and that's how innovation comes through. How do we know our first try is the best try? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the 15th try where we find something that actually really works well. You know? I mean, absolutely. It's reminding me of uh, multiple clients that I've worked with who won't do things because they're not good at it. And the, you know, it's fine if you don't like something, I get it, you know, you try it and you don't enjoy the process, then you don't have to do it again. But these were things that they really wanted to do. I think they might have enjoyed doing. And yet, because they weren't good at it, they wouldn't let themselves. And I just think, gosh, you know, it's such a, that's so sad to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, I have a client who uh, was retired from the military. And now she works in the private sector. And in the military, you didn't, you know, get a raise or, I mean, when you did, Mm. you didn't negotiate anything, right? So I was helping her. I mean, you just got what you got, right? So I was helping her because now she was coming up on her review and she was going to negotiate a raise and even a bonus and all of this. And she had no clue she could even do that, number one, or Mm. how to do it. She was just going to kind of, you know, glass over everything. And when I asked her what she had done in the past year, she gave me a laundry list of things that she'd accomplished and initiatives she started and, you know, how she had brought in X number of dollars. And I was looking at her just incredulous, like, are you kidding me? You can write your own freaking ticket. She had no clue. Wow. So that brings me to a question that I, I think is important, especially for the audience that is listening. And those people who are thinking, this is me, like raise their hand. I recognize myself in this imposter syndrome thing. What's something that they could actually do, like begin to put into action that might help 
with managing that. Do you have any thoughts? Oh on that? yeah, for sure. I have, I mean, I have many, many <laughs> right. I'm sure you do. For this one thing, you know, we are on autopilot all the time and we have over 60,000 thoughts pass through our brains on any given day. If we are stressed mm. out, it goes to over a hundred thousand and we're not keeping track of anything that we're thinking. We are just like the news feed at the bottom where you see that scroll. And quite honestly, most of the thoughts that we're thinking are just repetitive and most mm. of them are negative. So we're kind of behind behind the eight ball. So I just implore the people listening to stop and notice what are you thinking in this moment? Mm -hmm. Is it useful to you? And if you can take away anything that there's so much power in just noticing what you're thinking, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at my brain just mm -hmm. kind of going all off because just because you think it doesn't make it true. And we just assume everything in our heads is true, and it's really not. Okay, everybody listening, I want to just highlight that last statement one more time. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. I think that's profound. I have to remind myself of that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I also have to remind myself, because I'm a feeler, just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Yeah. But, you know, because sometimes I'm just so informed by my feelings that it, it doesn't it doesn't bode well. But, you know, I think this sense of being aware yeah. of ourselves is yeah. such a fantastic starting point. And it's such a big piece of healing. Um, because without awareness, you really can't enact change. I don't think, you know, it's, it's very hard. Um, you know, and so it, it brings to light, like everybody listening can start today. They really oh, can. Yeah. yeah. And that it is really doable. I, you know, when I decided to do this podcast, I really was thinking about why and how it would be helpful. And, you know, there's a ton of podcasts out. So, you know, why me? Why do something? And I thought, I just want people to feel like change and healing is possible. Um, and that it doesn't have to necessarily be arduous or difficult, you know, it can be, I'm not going to lie about that, but it doesn't have to be all the time. It can actually be fun and exciting. Um, and I, I hear that in your voice, Barb, and that's one of the th reasons I, I love just every time we talk, it's you have such passion and you bring such energy to the work you do. Um, cause it can be fun, right? Oh, it totally is fun. Just think about this, your brain, you've got so much to unpack in there. How fun is that? You know, with yeah. every twist and turn, there's a new box. Let's open that. What's in there. Oh my gosh, let's explore it. Is this true? Is this useful? Do we really want to believe this anymore? If we don't, let's let, get rid of that. Let's replace it with something more fun. You know, right. it's, it's my life's work. I love it. And the impact that my clients have is just phenomenal. Oh, and and that that speaks to the why, right? You know, people, yeah. it's life changing yeah. when you start to really hone in on just these mindsets and you just begin to change. So I want to get the audience, um, and I want to give you an opportunity to get to know for them to get to know you, I should say, a little bit different. And we do that with a rapid fire round where I'm just going to ask you some questions that are a little different, a little offbeat in the spirit of having fun. So are you ready for that? I'm strapped in. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what is one book that has changed your life, had a massive impact? Oh my God. One? Oh my star. Yeah, I know. If you saw my office, you'd be like, okay, right. the books. Okay. I know. Um, 
Uh, okay. Uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. That's a recent uh, game changer for me because of the way she wrote it. I loved because it was bite-sized pieces. It mm-hmm. definitely gave me permission to do what I knew intuitively that I needed to do in my personal life. And mm. it didn't, you know, it, it's like, not that it's not going to be scary, not that you're not going to be uncomfortable, but it was like, you have to honor what your true self is telling you. Uh, that book too, that first, that first intro where she's the very last word is like, you're a GD cheetah. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, still to this day, it's just like my whole body. Like, yes. Um, No, she's, she's super cool. And her books are awesome. And if you haven't read it and you're listening and you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, she's a hoot and she really is a good writer. So thank you for reminding me of that book. Um, So what is, you know, 2020 has been a doozy for many people in many ways. And self-care I think is always super important, but in particular this year, it, extra important perhaps for many of us. So what are you doing these days? What's your favorite go-to self-care activity? Well, I have a morning ritual that I always do, and it includes um, meditation or EFT tapping. It includes reading some some inspirational uh, readings, and it includes journaling. Um, So I get up extra early in the morning. Uh, My dog is still sleeping. So (laughs) I get up, I have my routine. It sets the tone for my day. It sets my brain into the right path where I want to be. It's empowering. And, you know, when, when it's not morning, uh, I I have been known to indulge in a little salted caramel cashew milk ice cream. (laughs) Yes, I uh, when I uh, first met Barb, we met through a program that spent quite a bit of time in Asheville. And I will always remember you because you introduced me to that amazing chocolate tear. Oh, um, my stars. Right? That, Potted chocolate. Oh, mm. my God. I'm, that could yes. be a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> I know. The <laughs> self-care of going to an amazing chocolate tear. Mm. So I ask everybody this last question, and it's become my favorite part of the podcast. Well, one of that kind of like all parts, but what is one piece of advice that you would give your 14 year old self? Oh, what a good question. Um, Always trust yourself. Always. You know what's best, babe. You've got this. Just trust yourself. Mm. You know what I'm going to do? I love your answer and the answers to this question so much that when I come to the end of this season, I'm going to compile them and put them out as a blog post so people can connect because there is such wisdom in women as we develop and stay connected, you know, and this theme of intuition and knowing has come up with every single guest. And again, my body tends to get goosebumps when I'm kind of like connected with truth. And every time I ask this question, my body lights up with goosebumps. It's just so yummy and and so good. So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. In fact, when uh, we go live, the listeners are going to want to connect with you. And I know you're doing all kinds of things. So tell us a little bit more about where you are in the world and how people can connect with you and what's going on. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, Right now I'm working on a uh, brand new webinar all about imposter syndrome, what it really is, uh, how can you, you know, why do you have it? Why is this even a thing? (laughs) 
and what you can do about it. So that's going to be coming out March 11th and um, it will be, uh, I'm going to be, you know, have that as part of my evergreen products, but um, Mm -hmm. you can always have access to it. You can find me at barbarachurchill.com. Um, I do speaking, uh, I do, I am on, uh, television frequently and, um, absolutely reach out to me. I am a geek when it comes to getting emails. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, (laughs) please find me there. And, um, I would love to connect with you. You are not alone. This is a thing, but you don't have to have it rule your life. I love that. And y'all do reach out to Barb because Trust me, I'm very glad that I did, and I'm glad we've been friends all these years. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and with the audience today. Truly, Barb, I just love spending time catching up with you, but I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you're so welcome, Becca. Love you back. As always, thanks for being with us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard and you think we've earned it, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Metrics like downloads and reviews are how podcasts get noticed in the busy online world, and we truly value your help in helping us spread the word about healing. Also, if you resonate with this podcast and are interested in learning more, join us in our community group, the Inner Alchemist Society. This group is a free resource where you can connect with other inner alchemists, people like you who want to be more creative and less reactive in their life. We offer resources, accountability, and monthly groups to help keep you connected to the magic inside of you. You can go to my website, RebeccaClegg.com today to get access. We look forward to seeing you there.